When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cavs Insider Podcast with our post-game report after game one, the 2022 season. Unfortunately, not a great night for the Cavs. They had uh, had a lead at, well, a pretty substantial part of the night and ended up following uh, following up with a, a poor effort in the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing the game by a final of 108 to 105. We've got our post-game report coming up, part of the Cavs Insider Podcast here on Cavs Insider. going on everybody thanks for joining us on our post-game report on Cavs Insider I'm Brendan Gulick along with John Rutter you can support our channel by uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you can jump in and part of the uh, be part of the conversation just like this we've already got a live audience uh, starting to pile in here tonight uh, or if you're lis- listening after the fact that's fine too you can find this wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts we're in the Apple Store Google Play uh, in Spotify and, and several other places and for all the latest news and info on the team head over to Cavs Insider uh, I'm working from home today. John's on site up in Toronto after a frustrating night. So, John, since you're there, I'll give you the first word, man. I know what it looked like from home, but what uh, what was your perspective there from uh, from the arena? Yeah, it's disappointing, especially when you consider, you know, you leave the your seat in the media row with about four minutes left and the Cavs are winning and you get down to the uh, press level and the event level to set up for the post-game media conference and all of a sudden it's tied. I mean, it was that quickly. Things kind of spiraled out of control for this team. I think I saw statistics or I was listening to the Toronto broadcast down in the uh, in the media lounge and uh, one field goal over the last five minutes for the Cavaliers. That's not going to get it done. That's not how you close out teams, especially against good teams like the Raptors tonight. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, the Cavs hit 7 of 16. Toronto ended up hitting 12 of 22 shots in the fourth quarter. And uh, while the Cavs eventually did score 21 points in the fourth quarter, a few of those were from the foul line late. Um you know, there's there's a number of different things we can talk about here, right? I, I think first and foremost, it, it's probably a frustrating loss for the Cavs because I feel like they were the better team tonight. I feel like, and again, this is not the tone I'm trying to set with these kinds of post-game shows. I'm not the guy that's going to be accusatory of other teams. I, I felt like there was an element of luck involved with Toronto tonight. They played a lot of one-on-one ball. They were extremely physical. I guess to their credit, the refs let them play um, and swallowed their whistle on a lot of things, but they didn't shoot it very well at all. Um, the Cavs were far superior offensively for most of the game. And, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those games that you just hate to lose. You want to get off on the right foot, but I think it was almost more the way the Cavs lost instead of just that they lost that has me feeling this way. Yeah, and you know we'll get to this here in a minute, but specifically the uh, the way that they were able to, um, you know, 
kind of navigate the loss of, of Darius Garland as well. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell kind of stepping up 31 points, a big night for him, a big debut for him. I think that this is kind of what everybody expected to see when, you know, in a, in a Cavalier uniform from Donovan. Um, so, uh, you know, Darius goes down with the injury. You kind of expect him to step up. And that's kind of exactly what happened. And midway through that second quarter, or, you know, Darius went down at about three minutes left, four minutes left. Um, and the Cavs were kind of in the midst of a run right there. Like they went on a 13-0 spurt. Took, took the lead. They were down 11 in the second quarter. Um, went on a nice run, took the lead, and, and took the lead going into halftime. You really kind of felt good about things heading into the third quarter because um, you were able to kind of overcome that. And I think that's obviously a big loss that, you know, that you're suffering there. But um, I think we really saw his absence uh, in the last couple of, uh, you know, the last couple of minutes because of, you, know, you saw Ryle Neto in there. Um, a couple of key turnovers late. And I, I think that, you know, if Darius, if the ball's in Darius's hands, it might be a different story. Yeah. If you're listening to this after the fact, John is literally standing on the floor at Scorch Bank Arena. The scoreboard they has been lowered. They are moving They are. Uh, moving, yeah, there's plenty of background uh, noise. Their but, boards uh, are coming out for the hockey game coming up, so it's 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 getting wild here. That's okay. That's part of uh, part of flipping the arena. Uh, again, the final tonight, 108-105. Let's talk about something positive for a second. Donovan Mitchell was everything you pretty much could have hoped he would be in his debut. Um, ends up with 31 points. He had nine assists, so he was basically involved in roughly half the scoring. Um, shot at 12 of 21, and of his nine missed shots, six of those were from uh, from behind the three-point line. So when he got to the rim, he pretty much scored every time. I thought he shared it great. You know, nine assists to three turnovers is awesome. Um, Jared Allen, I thought, was really, really good, especially in the first half. 13 points, 10 rebounds, his final line. He was fairly efficient and only turned it over once. I actually was a bit disappointed with Evan Mobley, only in the sense that he was a little quiet after a hot start. Um, his plus-minus tonight was minus 14, which, considering it was a three-point game, that that's one of the few lines in the box score that really jumps out to me. Yeah, and he's one of your better defensive, if not your best defensive player, a guy that you're going to kind of rely on, that a lot of people have thrown the term out there, that you're going to have out there for potentially rookie of the year. Uh, it was a fast start for Evan. I thought he did a nice job. Um, everyone was paying attention to the matchup between Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. And I really thought that the first 12, 14, 16 minutes, like they kind of neutralized Scotty Barnes. I think he had three fouls in the first quarter and a half, um, like five points, seven points. So, I mean, they getting him into foul trouble early really limited his uh, ability to impact the team in the box score. Um, and then it, that kind of, I don't want to say that Evan necessarily disappeared, but we didn't see him be the same force down the stretch that we are typically maybe accustomed to. Um, but with regards to Donovan, I thought that that was, uh, you know, he, he admitted as such kind of in his post-game conference uh, comments that you know, he was kind of maybe feeling things out early on. And when once Darius went down, he was kind of more aggressive, more assertive, not necessarily picking his spots as much. And, and you certainly saw that. Like you saw the aggression, you saw him pushing the ball to the basket, pushing the issue. Um, and it's, and, you know, ultimately you would wish it would fare better for him in his debut. But, you know, it's, it's one of 82. This one did kind of sting, though, because of the opponent that they were going up against. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's also acknowledge the fact that 31 points in his Cavs debut actually ties for the most points uh, in a Cavs debut for any player in franchise history. It's not like he had a poor day. Um, no, absolutely. Probably, yeah, probably, you know, could have been a little bit better if Darius would have been able to stay on the floor. In the meantime, uh, the latest update on him, if you didn't catch the postgame press conference, you can watch that over on our YouTube channel. 
Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff said that Darius Garland didn't just get poked in the eye. He said he's actually got a laceration on the inside of his eyelid near the bridge of his nose. I mean, that sounds ridiculous. Pretty gruesome. It was kind of a pretty gruesome description of that he yeah. gave, actually. And I was kind of actually surprised. For a guy who doesn't give a whole lot of details, I was very surprised that J.B. <laughs> kind of delved into it as much as he did. Um, it, you know, anytime you get poked in the eye like that, it's, it's certainly a painful injury. And um, Darius was right here, kind of on the floor, right in front of the Caval- or excuse me, front of the Toronto bench for a, a long period of time, and several teammates were gathering around him. And um, I, I, I kind of got a sense that something was up, and something was was significant. Maybe not particularly serious, but significant, um, just in the fact that how long he was down for, and then guys start coming over. There's a huddle around him, and I thought, like, oh, this isn't just your run of the mill like guys bumping into each other. Like, there's, there's a little something to this. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that prognosis is uh, over the next couple of days. So the Cavs are actually set to practice here tomorrow um, before uh, before they completely flip this thing over to a hockey rink. So they'll get on the floor here at about 11 a.m. tomorrow. Um, and we'll probably talk to the coach afterwards and get some comments there and maybe potentially an update. But um, really kind of a scary situation for a guy who sees the floor so well. You want him to have his vision there and. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to laugh and joke about it now, but um, pretty, yeah. pretty significant eye injury that he got. Not great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk Karis LeVert for a moment. Obviously, the big conversation of the night is the fact that he was named starting small, uh, starting small forward for the foreseeable future, according to, uh, to a report that Chris Fedor put out uh, on Cleveland.com before the game. You know, I thought for a good chunk of the time that Karras was out there that he played pretty well. Statistically, I thought he had a pretty decent night. He didn't totally jump off the page at me, but I thought he played fine. Finished with 10 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and he turned it over once. Um, I was a little annoyed just at some of the, the missed shots, but he did hit a couple of threes, and he hit a couple of free throws. So, you know, all in all, I, I thought it was fine. Um I wonder how much better his offensive production would be if Darius was on the floor with Donovan, because I think maybe that's what Karras starts to get more open looks. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, it wasn't necessarily anything to to write home about. Um, it certainly, it kind of pales in comparison when you talk about the debut that Donovan had tonight. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, there were, I was kind of disappointed at times as well with him on some of the decisions that he made uh, on the floor. I, I thought that that really presented him an opportunity to assert himself more on the offensive end without a guy, without Darius in there. The ball is obviously going to be in his hands more. Um, and I would imagine that teams would uh, try to consciously focus on, okay, Darius is out, Donovan's not going to beat us, um, which would necess- which would open up opportunities for uh, for, for Karras. And we didn't, didn't exactly see that, which is, um, you know, maybe disappointing. Again, there is a feeling out process that we've all talked about and this team's going to go through. Uh, over the, the coming games here, this, especially this first couple of weeks. And I think maybe we saw that at times that they, they did look they did look sluggish at, at points, but they also looked pretty good at times too. Well, Dean Wade played pretty well. Uh, I realized that his plus minus was not great. It was minus 11. Um, 
but considering what he's been through with his ankle, I thought he actually was moving really well. Uh, he finished with eight points on the night. He had three rebounds. He didn't turn it over, three or four from the floor. I I, I kind of liked what I saw from him in, in the 21 minutes he was out there. Uh, and let's not go any further without talking about Jetty because I thought Jetty was terrific. You know, he was obviously the, the, the big spark plug off the bench, especially with Darius uh, injured. Jetty finished with 17, hit three threes in the first half, did not hit any in the second half. Six of 12 shooting on the night, uh, had three rebounds and, and uh, one assist and one turnover. You know, look, if Jetty couldn't play like that consistently, and I think consistently is the word there, right? Like you, you've seen enough of that from him over the years to know that, like, hey, this guy's got it. The question is, can he do that all the time? Um, that almost makes and, it more, I don't know, maybe disappointing um, because you know that it's there, but, on you know, we've seen nights where he would come in and miss those shots. I think most importantly tonight, uh, he comes in 13 of those 17 points um, come in the second quarter while they're kind of, you know, the Cavs were down 11 at that point. So they're kind of mounting yeah. this comeback and he was a large part of that. Uh, so it was good to see him come off the, off the bench and get a little bit of juice. Uh, the bench as a whole, um, I looked down at one point, I think they were outscoring Toronto 23 to seven. I'm not sure what that finished up as. Um, the, uh, but bench scoring score. ended up being a 33-18. Okay, so, I mean, yeah. just you, you, uh, JB said he wanted to utilize his depth and use, uh, you know, eight, ten guys. Uh, if they're going to produce like that, that's going to bode well for this team. Yep. Jim brings in a, a good comment here. He says, Karras' biggest bad habit is stopping ball movement. That wasn't the case tonight. He moved the ball well and had seven assists. He also said, my guess is the NBA is trying to limit how many times they review plays. Kills game flow. We got hit in the head and eye, but wasn't unnecessary or excessive. I think that was in reference to a question asked earlier by Robert about why were there no flagrant fouls called, especially in Garland play and the Wade play. Um, it's a great, it's a great observation there on on Karras. I thought he moved the ball really well tonight, and frankly, I think we've seen that uh, at least in sample sizes in the preseason. Um, you know, I, I'm I like Karras. I'm not offended that he's the guy to be the three I think he has to play really really well to keep that job in my opinion um because I want to see what he can do on both like, ends of the floor well enough like I think Okoro well, is offense is a, right yeah he is he so he's got a score Okoro is obviously a better defensive player so if Karras is having off night shooting and if he isn't good enough defensively for whatever reason you know, he might not hold on to that spot or they might rotate away from him. I think that may be one of the reasons why they went to Chetty so early as well, too. Um, and it worked tonight. I would, uh, again, like it, it is, he is the starter. Yes. That is kind of fluid and liquid because if something, if, if there isn't, you know, a spark that they need, JB's got guys on his bench that he can turn to pretty quickly. Kevin, Dean, Chetty, um, even a Lamar Stevens is a guy that can come off the bench and give you a little bit of juice. Yeah. Final thoughts here. Uh, I, I thought Toronto, they, first of all, they didn't really score very, very many points in the paint, certainly until late in uh, late in the game. You know, Cavs ended up outscoring them 52-36 in the paint, but it felt like if you looked at the first three quarters, that number was substantially less uh, for the Raptors. I mean, look, I, I think the Cavs are going to have the ability with the way Jared Allen plays and with the way you expect – uh, Evan to be able to play as he keeps getting stronger. Um, I think the Cavs are going to have an advantage in the key against most teams they play against. But I also like the fact that Evan was 
showing yeah. some depth and his ability to shoot the three. We've seen it. We've talked about it, but now to see it in a regular season game was good. Um, I just didn't like the fact that Toronto kind of got to the rim a little too easy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he didn't hesitate to pull the trigger. I think that was key for him because you can maybe anticipate a little bit of anxiousness from a big guy when he steps out like this. He did say that he's prepared to, to be in uncomfortable positions and to be in some positions on the floor that we aren't necessarily used to seeing him in. The perimeter behind the three-point line, two particular locations. Um, we saw that tonight, so it was good to see him knock down that three early. Um, again, very small sample size. A lot to like, even more to be maybe disappointed with here. Yeah. Second chance points bothered me too. Cavs had four second chance points all night. Toronto at 18. And this and is a I, team that's I, supposed to be like identified with working and cleaning yeah. up the glass. And, and yep. Look, JV said, we're going to be a good basketball team this year. And we just weren't tonight. Yep, for sure. Well, it sounds uh, as they're stacking chairs by you, it sounds almost there, like there is chaos popcorn. happening around me right now. <laughs> well, we appreciate you uh, sticking around on the floor after the game and, and giving us your thoughts from the arena. And uh, look forward to more when uh, I know you've got some written content on the way and we've got uh, got a, a little content in the morning plan for uh, uh, some of the product productivity on the cast plan. So that'll wrap up our uh, our post-game coverage for the night, our post-game report. Certainly appreciate you hopping on. We had a good audience here tonight for game one. We'll do this as often as we can uh, throughout the course of the year. We may not always be on site for road games. We will certainly be at every home game. Uh, but whether the team is in Cleveland or on the road, we'll have you covered here on Cavs Insiders. For John Rutter, I'm Brendan Gulick. You better get out of there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's going back uh, up now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thanks for joining us on our YouTube channel live. And, uh, again, you can find this podcast wherever you like to after the fact, wherever you want to find your favorite podcast. For all the latest, head over to CavsInsider.com.